millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. <laughs> Well, we were all building up to Nick Kyrgios against uh, Roger Federer, and uh, frankly, that didn't amount to much, Catherine Whittaker. This is the uh, Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph and with Amazon Prime Video UK, the home of the US Open in the UK. Catherine has been presenting for them all day long, talking about the tennis. But um, yeah, that one didn't exactly catch fire in quite the way we thought it would. I think it's kind of did for people that just love to feast on Federer exhibition tennis because that is what it turned into but I think most people were looking to that match for thrills and drama and it for me it didn't I, I suppose three all love 40 um, in the first set up until that point it did and then Federer held and then it all it was just all Federer um, so relative to expectations which were that eight of their previous nine sets had gone to tie breaks and all of their three matches had gone to deciding set tie breaks I mean a a massive disappointment relative to expectations for me and a barring one one point one shot which we'll we'll get to that you'll all have seen yeah well we'll get to it uh, and and just just go over that just in case you haven't seen it but but I mean is there any point in covering that on a podcast in any more detail we're not going to describe it are we well that's what i do for a living but you know if you don't like that that's fine you're telly-land. yeah um <laughs> but uh, anyway um the, the thing is the start of it you'd got curious doing a rafael nadal type sprint out onto the court after the coin toss which was quite funny in a way and then first point of the match he did a saber and then about a game in, he impersonated Roger Federer's f- serve to Roger Federer. So he basically pulled out all of his party tricks in the first couple of games to show off a bit. Um, and actually, he started playing really well at the start, and, and he was putting some pressure on Federer. And I think Federer said, I, I didn't really feel that... I didn't feel like I'd got it at the he start. He was nervous. 
Federer was really nervous. You could see it on his face. You very rarely see strain on Roger Federer's face. Even when you see those high-mo, like the sort of super-duper-duper slow-mos, which they call high-mos, of Roger Federer when they're hitting a shot. And usually that's when you see them pulling some sort of excruciating, like, on-the-toilet type face. <laughs> but with Roger Federer, the, his muscles, his facial muscles are... <laughs> sorry. <laughs> That's such a good description. <laughs> the on the toilet face. Sorry. Uh, carry on. Roger Federer's facial muscles are usually just obscenely relaxed. You can see sort of his cheeks sort of flabbing in in <laughs> as he bounces up and down. But his he there was tension in his face. He was nervous. Um, and it, it really settled him to hold from Love 40 down. David is corpsing on this podcast. <laughs> I'm really struggling to get over the on-the-toilet phase. <laughs> so, anyway, um, so, uh, that's, that's the level of maturity we're talking about here. Uh, and Nick Kyrgios brings out the best in us. Um, but talking of, 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 of Kyrgios, at the moment, I mean, Federer ended up winning that set 6-4 didn't he and he broke right at the end of it with a, with a backhand slice down the line he just started to work Kyrgios out a little bit and then Kyrgios had his massive dip um, and, and you know it went five left down and it was you know it was, it, was, it was ugly it was uncomfortable viewing and then in the third set he, he kind of did that thing that some of these players do where he basically just knew, knew it wasn't going to happen or the chances are not going to win relaxed a bit, started playing total exhibition tennis. Drop shot after drop shot. And the, the point that we're talking about is we, he did a little forehand drop shot, kind of fake drop shot where he's looking one way, playing at the other end. Federer ran it down, all 37 years old of him, and got to the right of the, the net post where he couldn't go over the net anymore. And all he could do is poke it down the line about... Ooh, six inches off the ground um, and he just sort of poked that around the, the net post and into the open court. I mean, unreal. You realise that the people that you've just described that to have already seen it on social media 4,000 times already. I mean, that is the extent to which that, that clip has gone viral. I mean, it's... My mum's not on social already, media. Oh, oh, hello, David's mum. Um... Oh, well, that sort of made it all worthwhile. I, I, See? I, I retract my comments. I'm only doing my podcast for my mum. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, it's already up there in there. It, 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 for me, I can't obviously remember all of the Federer greatest hits. I, my brother can because they're all at the top of his recently viewed YouTube <laughs> videos. <laughs> um, but for me, in terms of what I specifically remember, it is second only to the match point tweener. Oh, yeah, that was here, wasn't it, yeah. against Novak Djokovic. And actually, he was asked, was Roger Federer, about his, some of his greatest shots. <laughs> you could just imagine <laughs> the collar going up and the peacock. Yeah, let me get out my little black book of amazing <laughs> shots that I myself have performed, which I carry around in my back pocket. And yeah. they will now proceed to read out to you, one of which was the, the smash off the smash against Andy Roddick down the line for a clean winner in Basel in about 2001. Uh, he also, de <laughs> you know, he's going back 17 years there. Uh, he also detailed a shot he'd hit against Agassi in Dubai that nobody else could remember, but uh, <laughs> Roger could. <laughs> He, he goes, he goes uh, to this day, I don't know how I did it. <laughs> but I think about it every day. And a little flick, and I was delighted. Um, but, uh, yeah, so Federer, I mean, 
but we, we joke and and he is we're teasing teasing him a little bit but the, the, the fact is that was a thoroughly professional performance and what really struck was how after he'd played that shot one of the, the one of the beauties of it and and this is where Kyrgios is is you know you you do you can't help but warm to him a little is is the way he looked down the other end and he sort of was it had this look of shock in his face and wanted to talk about it to Roger Federer he wanted to engage Federer at that moment in an exhibition type way and Federer just turned his back and walked off because it's the US Open mate he allowed himself a tiny little smile though didn't he Roger Federer just almost a smirk yes yeah Uh, yeah I mean oh Nick Kyrgios I mean it was (sighs) we're not getting very far are we with Nick Kyrgios at the moment and almost this felt like a particular step back because it wasn't an incredibly tight brilliant match where he was brilliant where he just lost and it wasn't a tanking performance it was just a he's sort of mostly trying really hard and he's not good enough performance and we don't really know what to do with that with with Nick Kyrgios we can't sort of fit it into our Nick Kyrgios narrative so yeah (laughs) I I, I don't know what to, to do with what we saw from Nick Kyrgios today I do think Roger Federer he takes a real pride in the legacy he knows that he's leaving for the sport he's you know all of his Rolex adverts are about his tennis and sporting legacy aren't they they trade off that completely I mean obviously that's what that brand is all about but that's why he fits in with the brand and you know it, that's all about his his class and um, his sportsmanship and all the rest of it I mean how many years has he won the ATP sportsmanship award um, and I think slightly annoying I, I think he I think he I think he has a a glint in the eye like for Nick Kyrgios in the way that we all do I don't think he dislikes him but equally I think he was clean to sh- keen to show him up in terms of class today to put him in his place and show and say well everyone's telling you you're good for tennis but actually this is what's good for tennis somebody being classy and sportsmanlike and doing things the right way this is what's good for tennis and winning winning relentlessly uh, and, and, and having the titles to prove it and, and actually Kyrgios was asked uh, afterwards what do you think you could learn from Roger Federer and, and, and he was I mean very respectful you know he, he said we're different people but you know the way he carries himself and I think Kyrgios knows he does know um, what he doesn't do in the world he's very self-aware you know he doesn't have a coach because he knows he wouldn't listen he, he knows there's plenty of valid things that a good coach could tell him that could make him into a, a Grand Slam champion but if he also knows if I'm he's not prepared to listen there's just no point so he's nothing if not self-aware mm. Roger Federer has now got John Millman of Australia lovely bloke it's, good hard working player it's a good fourth round draw though isn't it he is the loveliest bloke you um, take that <laughs> you take that I mean Roger Federer said in his post-match interview said yeah I mean obviously I'm the heavy favourite for that match <laughs> unsolicited and there's also that that he mentioned the fact that he invited him out to Dubai to train with him sort of already already you know setting the stage for the the master and um you know the organ grinder and monkey (laughs) type uh scenario poor John Millman Yes, uh, I, I suspect that's only going one way. But hey, it's a competitive tennis match. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, and if he gets through that, it could be Novak Djokovic, who is currently handling uh, Richard Gasquet fairly comfortably. 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering tennis podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. We've had a load of shocks today. A load of shocks. We, we've lost Alexander Zverev. We've lost Angelique Kerber. We've just lost Petra Kvitova. Have we? Yes. I don't really want to talk about that. Hang on, no. I, th- I think I, I think you're... Pr- oh, we have. <laughs> we have. <laughs> 7561, Sabalenka. Can we leave it there? This has been the Tennis Podcast. Brought to you in the- <laughs> yeah, so we've lost both the men's and women's fourth seeds. The women's fifth seed i feel like it doesn't end there we lost luca Pui, the 17th seed on the men's side kiki burton's we lost the women's 13th seed um, careless isn't it and we look there's another one david there's another one there definitely has been another upset anyway the, i mean look kerber and zvera are the big ones kerber um it sounds like a bad loss Three sets to Dominique Sibakova, who incidentally stayed in this hotel. In this hotel so. I, I saw her the other day. She was having, I was trying to trying to set up for the podcast, and she was almost on it, basically, <laughs> uh, you know, without meaning to be. Very interestingly, um, <laughs> and spicily, spicily is that a word? Um, in our studio, Greg Rosetsky had picked Kerber to win the title from the outset, and and Daniela Hantikova very confidently picked the upset today, picked Sibulkova to beat Kerber in the match. And, you know, people can get little feelings for upsets and no, but she was really confident about it. It really struck me. And it, it, she was so confident that it made be, me believe. Um, and by, yeah, yeah, there we go. 6-3 in the third. Sibulkova, um, who now plays Madison Keys. Yes, who, who managed to win against Alexandra Krunic today, who had managed to get through to the third round and win the first set against Madison Keys, despite the fact that she'd only won four games in six sets over the summer to this point. <laughs> Amazing, really. <laughs> but she does this, doesn't she? She does this, well, particularly here at the US Open. She beat Joe Conta last year. She reached 
was it the quarterfinals as a as a qualifier um, a few years back? So there's something about this place. Um, but I haven't been that impressed by Madison Keys. Not I, yet. No. No, I think there's. I think she doubts herself. I think she's actually told us that she doubts herself. Um, I. I, I, I don't doubt that she works hard, but ask Daniela you, ask, was was quite quite was, uh, scathing actually in your studio about that point though. Yeah, well, because I think it's all relative, and our studio position uh, on Prime is we back onto the practice courts, and Serena Williams is the first player out there every single day. Last night she finished her... OK, the, the match against Venus wasn't a long one, but it was delayed starting. She would have left site, gone midnight, probably. Um, she was out there for a one-and-a-half-hour practice at 9.30 the next morning, and there would have been a warm-up and everything before that. Um, and she was the first one on there and it wasn't just a light hit to get the feel of the ball it was a full-on practice session and she's the only person that always always does that and okay some people are are mourning people you know maybe everyone's different etc but the consistency with which she does it you know it it really puts it in focus for you what the difference is between top 10 and number one okay Serena's 17 seed here but you know we know what she really is um and yeah I mean I see Madison Keys on the practice court she looks like she's working hard I'm not looking at her thinking you know you're lazy and you don't care and all the rest of it I'm looking at her thinking you know jolly good that looks great but then I see Serena and I realize I realize what makes the difference Mm, yeah now those other upsets Kvitter aside, we'll forget about that. Alexander Zverev, we, we've spent quite a bit of that at dinner having a chat about Alexander Zverev because, we, I mean, it, it's such a shocking loss, isn't it? To, to Philip Kohlschreiber in four sets, it was 6-7. Uh, uh, I don't know what the second set score was, isn't it? 6-4, 6-1, 6-3. And Zverev was three love up in that fourth set and lost six games on the bounce to lose the match. And, that, and that's happened now in three Grand Slams this year then because he, he's lost two of them six love and he's lost six games in a row today. That's not good enough. It's not good enough. It's not good enough. Um, even if you think he's a little bit overrated in terms of people bigging up his talent, in terms of mental drop-off and mental falling away, that is not good enough. Um because I believe he's physically strong enough. I do. Um, I see the work he puts in with well, the two, and I hear about it. He had straight sets wins to this point. So, and we know he's got lots in the tank if we look back at the French Open. He had three five-set match wins in a row. And we were really saying this is a big deal. Yeah, which, and the fact that it's not physical, you know, me, okay, there's, there's the technical side, side of things, but... It, let's be honest, this is this is largely mental. Okay, there's a question mark over just what his potential is, technically and, and physically, but we know there is potential there to be doing better than he's doing, and the fact that he's not at this stage is largely mental, which is why I think, even though people were saying Lendl's only been board a, on board a week or so, I thought, actually, just in being there, just in being there, just that steely Lendl look from the player's box will make a significant difference. Maybe not the Grand Slam winning difference this time, but it will be a big bump up. And in I fact, didn't think that. A, I mean, I didn't no. put him in the final. I didn't put him in the final. I did. I did. Oh, right. <laughs> I also didn't put him losing in the third round to Philip Kohlschreiber, who, 
stole to the top 50 great player lovely one-handed backhand he's three and 44 against top 10 players um and one of those wins was by retirement you know Sasha Zverev should not have been losing that match certainly not in the manner that he lost it. it we've not really from what I can see learned anything from his press conference other than that he's really peeved and didn't particularly want to talk to the press um so I and he should be peeved but yeah I, I, what's Lendl hairdryer treatment from Lendl have they known one and one another long enough for him to really come down hard on him or does he have to do the look Sasha I'll sort this out for you don't panic chat I don't know I don't think that's Lendl's style I, I would have thought he would have said don't worry about it we'll we'll get out there and and work on this because Oh, look, I'm shocked. I'm really shocked. I did think uh, that that, uh, that Lennon would have a, a, a much more uh, immediate impact on him and and would would make a difference in that regard and a mental one as well. But I mean, not only the mental side. I watched the whole match um, and I, I questioned the tactics. I, this guy is six feet seven inches tall, and he doesn't impose himself on a match at slams the way he should in my view he should be just not even making an argument and, and, and that you may you may look at Cole Schreiber's performance and say well hold on that's not doing enough justice to how well he played because Cole Schreiber was brilliant today he because the first set and a half was a was an absolute dogfight. it was an hour and a half for the first set and a half and and it was it was great to watch in that way. They were just going to and fro, and 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 Cole Schreiber was just digging in and going toe to toe with him. But I'm sorry, the guy is 34 years of age. He isn't a huge guy. He's five feet ten inches tall. He's got a great single-handed backhand. All of these things, but you should not be able to live with a guy of Alexander Zverev's gifts, size, frame. Backhand down the line, huge serve. It should, he just shouldn't have much chance to get into rallies against this guy. No, but but are his gifts exaggerated? Is is it the time to start talking about that? I I, I don't think so because I, I mean, how can he win all these other things? Well, yeah, I generally agree. Yeah, I do agree. Um, but then the. Then I think, okay, so what's the difference between all these other things in the slams? Well, it's best of five sets, but as I say, I believe I believe physically he is there. Um, so then, what is it? It's it's mental. And then I think, well, Lendl should sort that out. So maybe we reserve judgment till Australia. But I tell you what, if this happens in Australia, I will be revising my view. And I think the reason that we are jumping to such immediate conclusions to some degree are based on Lendl is because when Lendl came on board for Andy Murray, Andy Murray reached the semi-finals of the Australian Open and very nearly beat Novak Djokovic. And there was, a, there was an immediate, tangible difference that you could see. He was going after his forehand. He was, he was not being patient anymore. And that's what I thought we were going to get from Zverev this week. And we, and we, well, maybe they had it for two two rounds. They didn't have it today. No way. And and just just a word of, of congratulations as well for Cole Schreiber. I remember the first time I really saw him play and and take notice. And it was when he faced Andy Roddick in the 
third round of the Australian Open in 2008, 10 years ago, and he beat Roddick 6-4-3-6-7-6-6-7-8-6 in the fifth set of the Australian Open. It was just a mesmerizing match in which Cole Schreiber showed us that single-handed backhand. He, I, I think he hit something like 60 winners with it. An amazing performance. And, you know, this might be the sort of twilight of his career victory, you know, because, I mean, they're compatriots. That's a huge deal. So well done, him. That uh, stat or fact there or memory has reminded me of, of the fact that, and I think this still stands after today, that we've not had a single final set tiebreak this tournament in the men's. Not a single fifth set tiebreak. No. After all the hoo-ha at Wimbledon. <laughs> it's just... We're going to get a week well, of them know, now. US Open would have thought they were going to get the chance to show off about the fact that we've got final set tie breaks in the men's and they've just not been able to do that. It's like first year of the Wimbledon Reef when it didn't rain. <laughs> yeah, it's just, you know, inconsiderate, these tennis players. I remembered players. what the other big upset was and it got a little bit lost in the shuffle. I think it happened while Federer Kyrgios was on, and, but it was um, Caroline Garcia losing to Carlos Suarez Navarro. That's, 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 I mean, I, I, I have a real soft spot for Carlos Suarez Navarro. She's so understated. She's got this unique game, obviously the single-handed backhand. So, so understated. Very rarely hear from her. I don't think she's that confident in her English. But um, I sort of just sort of root for her a little bit instinctively. Um, Catherine just did a little sort of punch of the air to emphasise the point. Something, I don't know whether it's a really British thing. There's something just sort of intrinsically underdog about her somehow um and she's beaten caroline garcia the what is she the sixth seed garcia and garcia was purring against joe conta i didn't see her second round match i don't think maybe i saw a couple of points but certainly against against conta she was she just looks so effortless she just looks supreme when she's on um and it wasn't like garcia just didn't show up today it was seven six in the third that match and yeah, as far as Navarro now is rewarded with a, a meeting against Maria Sharapova, which means almost certainly an Arthur Ashe night session. Yes, well, yes, because uh, I think the, the, the stat is something like 15 wins and 10 defeats in the day session for Sharapova and 20, 20, how many is it? I think it's 23 now. 23 wins and zero defeats in the night session. Well, I mean, congratulations for being good in the night. But She's should you be on all the time? The only night? player at the US Open that's had night session every match so far. We shall see what happens next for her. She's got Carlos Suarez Navarro in the next round. Madison Keys, Sybil Kova, Sabalenka against Naomi Osaka. Imagine the ball hitting in that one and just tell us a little bit about this record that Osaka has put together this week she's won her last three sets six love it's <laughs> essentially a triple bagel she's lost seven games in three matches and it was Sass- she beat she double bageled Alexandra Sasnovich today so there was as far as I can tell and please please correct me if I'm wrong because I really feel for Alexander Sasnovich. I saw her walking off the court and I just I wanted somebody to go and give her a hug. But I don't think there was anything wrong with her today. I think Osaka just beat her fair and square love and love. <laughs> and that is frightening. 
And that's happened to me a few times, <laughs> Alexandra. So I know I understand your pain. I was one hundred percent fit in all of my <laughs> in all of my triple bagel defeats. Um, so I've got nothing to blame it on whatsoever. Uh, any others that we can just bring your attention to? Uh, we've had David Goffin win today. Um, we've had Luca Pui lose the seventeenth seed. Yeah, He's gone out not- in four sets. That's not good. It's not good. I mean, I, I've so much time for Zhao Su. and never, ever gets talked about. He's one of those guys that relentlessly reaches second and third rounds and nobody ever expects him to go any further. You know, in the fourth round this time. He just put this ceiling on his, his game. Um, so I'm, I'm full of respect for him. But Luke, I mean, since beating Nadal here two years ago... I'm not saying he hasn't had moments. He, I mean, he obviously was won the rubbing the rubber to get the Davis Cup for France, but as a as a singles player, yeah, he's underachieved. Big time underachieved, big time. And I, what worries me is I is how much that loss is hurting him right now. I hope it's hurting him a lot, but I worry maybe it's not. Yeah, that's my concern for him. I, I think if he if he yeah. Yeah, I, I, I hope it's hurting because otherwise it'll keep happening. Yes, yeah, he looks he looks a little too serene at times, doesn't he, uh, as a player? But anyway, you know, not not everybody's the same. But it, it's for us people that are following the tour all the time. You want to see people fulfil their physical potential uh, and know that they're 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 reaching what they could have reached if they'd given everything um now so tomorrow anything else from today that you really want to talk about nishikori beat schwartzman four sets but that was fun to watch i didn't see that yeah a lot of running <laughs> a lot of running too much running for my liking um so tomorrow in the uh in the arthur Ashe stadium at 12 o'clock local time, 5 o'clock UK. Uh, Nadal against Baslashvili. It'll be very interesting to see what physical state Nadal is in. Kaya Kanepi, remember when she beat Simona Halep about three weeks ago? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but she's backed it up. And she's backed it up without anybody, including us, taking any notice. (laughs) So good for her. Unfortunately, she faces Serena next. Yeah, well, I mean, she hits the ball blooming hard, Kaya Kanepi. But Serena's in the form she was in yesterday. Forget it. Uh, Sloane Stevens against Elise Mertens in the evening session. Uh, That that could be a good match. Uh, Mm. And then followed by Juan Martín del Potro against Borna Choric. Yes. And I have to say, I mean... I, I. I do think Del Potro will win that because I was blown away by him last night. His backhand, his backhand's better than ever. Yeah, I mean, actually, he was just belting his backhand one after another, wasn't he? He wasn't even given a thought to hitting a backhand slice. His topspin backhand was a massive weapon last night against Vadasco. And it was here last year when we had Mary Carrillo on quoting him as saying, I miss my backhand. That was 12 months ago. Those are the days. Well, I mean, he's got a better backhand now. Um, so, yeah, look, I think Del Potro will win that. However, I and I, I'm I'm not basing this on, you know, uh, facile comments about how well he's hitting the ball. But I've seen a lot of Chorich in practice this week. I've seen his results that he's quietly been racking up straight sets against Daniil Medvedev in the last round. There was another good result in there. There's something, something different about him. He's working with Ricardo Piatti, isn't he? And... I, I don't know. I know he perhaps doesn't have the weaponry to 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 be a 
a Grand Slam champion, possibly, but there's definitely something different about him. I yeah, don't, I just I, think I just think he's the perfect opponent for one Martin Del Potro. He, he's going to hit the ball hard to him, but it's going to be right in Delpo's wheelhouse. Yeah, I think Delpo's going to win. I think Delpo could win this whole thing. I've turned into an American. <laughs> Have you noticed? On my terminology, it's very good. Uh, Louis Armstrong, Arena. Louis. Louis. Don't make me go through. Uh, we've been back. We have double, triple, quadruple confirmed this on Prime Video because I, I don't get it. Like, I mean, he's, it's named after the, the the jazz musician and he was called Louis Armstrong, as far as I know. But USTA official line is that it's Louis Armstrong. I don't know what to t- I know you're looking at me blankly, but I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> That's just I how I look. I can't go against the, the official wording. I do, uh, I've been accused uh, of blank looks. Right. Yeah, okay. Well, that's true. Uh, Louis, I'm so- <laughs> Louis Armstrong, <laughs> um, Dominic team against Kevin Anderson, uh, first up. Then Ash One Barty. head to heads, isn't it? Is it? team's got an awful head-to-head against Kevin Anderson. Oh, yeah. That's right. Look it up quickly, because I can't remember what it is. Uh, and then we've got Ash Barty against Karolina Pliskova, the eighth seed. That could be a good match. Uh, crikey. This will be a long watch. John Isner against Milos Raonic. Um, <laughs> Bless him. Greg Rosetsky picked as his match of the day for tomorrow. Go on, Greg. We're going to put you on that, <laughs> not, aren't we? Not that he's got a bias towards big servers or anything Craig, you're yeah, going to be correspondent you can go and commentate on that on your own <laughs> all five hours of it um, yeah so that's what's happening tomorrow and we've got Severstover against Vitalina uh, have, have we got that head to head just before we go six and one in Kevin Anderson's favour the one victory uh, well Dominic team got his first victory over Kevin Anderson in Madrid this year on the clay but before that um, Kevin Anderson had a Six and zero record against Dominic Team. Wow! So, and all of those won hard courts. So, I'm going for Kevin Anderson. Very exciting. Very un- exciting. Well, that's all to come tomorrow. We've been the tennis podcast. We'll have another one of these tomorrow because we're doing it every day at the U.S. Open. Uh, brought to you in association with the Telegraph. Go and read Simon Briggs's stuff. Make sure you turn your telly on. Uh, or your tablet or your phone or whatever you want, your app, your Amazon Prime Video app, to uh, Catherine's coverage. Uh, it's not really Catherine's coverage. It's Prime <laughs> Video's coverage, in which Catherine's on uh, from 3.30 UK time. She'll be presenting the pregame show and uh, having a... very American pregame show. Pregame show, woodshed, but beat oh. down. What else did I say earlier? Definitely, oh. definitely don't do accents. Right. Okay, I'll stay away from accents, folks. Uh, And, uh, yeah, that'll be happening tomorrow. And then we are also executive produced by Melody Bowes and Triple S, tennisballs.com. Mascot is Charlie the Ferret. And we are sponsored by the Lamanca Club. We'll see you tomorrow. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. 
And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.